I'm back. Yes, sir. Uh, my sabbatical is over. I've been gone for a good minute. Sorry about that. You know, I take care of some things. I mean, got the haircut. Life is just crazy. It's been a crazy couple of months. I know, Johnny, I don't think you know. You see your brother? I'm about to say you, yeah, you sliced he, off me. Yeah, the, what happened? You made a change. Wait, you like you on Instagram, bro? Like your quarterback. You didn't cut him yeah, off. I'm, <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's gone, but it's cool. I've been wearing beanies the whole time. I <laughs> beanies now. Bro, I ain't get like I haven't felt my scalp in over a decade, bro. When I first washed my hair, bro, it was angelic, bro. It was your like strength that. your strength wasn't in your hair. That's all that matter. Oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the ball game. I'm gonna grow it back out though. You know, it's a it's a little it's gonna be a long process, but you know, enough about me. I'm still, you know, new look, but I'm still the same old moderator that I've always been. And we got another NFL Matt uh NFL episode for y'all. This is episode 140 of the Restricted Zone podcast here on YouTube, brought to you by Riverside. Um, this is my first time using Riverside. Um, gotta say, very clean. Love the way I look. Uh, y'all look great too. <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all looking good. Hey man, they should sponsors. Gotta get on that. We gotta get on that sponsorship. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, episode one forty one. So let me introduce myself uh, for people who may have forgotten about me. People who are just tuning in and you know haven't seen me yet. I'm Jonah Wooten. I'm the moderator here for the Restricted Zone podcast. I kind of set things up for everybody. Make sure I keep the conversation flowing well, and you know setting the guys up from segment to segment. That's pretty much all I do. And I, you know, I give my two cents every now and then. Um, so Johnny, introduce yourself. We got a small, we got a small group tonight. Just three of us. Yeah, yeah we're going to get it popping. What's going on? Hello world. You already know, just Johnny tapping back in. All right. Just an analyst, not an advocate. All right. Not, not that much controversy. Think about what I say first. All right. Look it up. Speaking fast. What, it just hurts sometimes. When's the last time you done any advocate work for uh, Colin? Man, you got to last, last segment, last segment. You got to, you got to tune in. So 139. I'm telling you, bro. This boy, he got to pay me more. The stuff that he say that I got to clean up. I'm telling you, he just speaks off the top of his head. But it's cool though. I know what he means, and I'm just there to just. I'm the translator. It's all right. For those, for those of you who don't know, we have a group chat. We have a like a group chat of all the members of the podcast, and Colin, he's just like getting jumped in the group chat every day. Just about. I gotta keep day, saving this man. man. Like, Constantly saving this man. He be setting himself up sometimes too, though. He be talking <laughs> a lot. Of, he be talking a lot of trash. I'm like, bro. Because now, because now we gotta defend you when it's about the Sixers or the Eagles. Now we gotta come in and defend them and you know cash his checks for him. But you know, we love Colin. Greg. We see you driving, bro. You on the road. Be safe out there. But how you doing? You I'm joining fine. us anyways. What's good with y'all, man? You feel me? Greg Domus. Just know. I mean, if I if I ain't really bang with y'all, I would not be doing this right now. Um, you mean the Thanks. name of the game for today's episode, just know the name of the game is we gonna be cooking with grease. All right. We got some good topics. It's gonna be a good job. We cooking with grease today. I'm not even gonna hold you. We got some appetizers for y'all and the main course on the way. God bless. Be safe. Is that like a Keith Lee reference? <laughs> right. He sounded <laughs> off. God bless. Be safe. <laughs>
And you know, we, we 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 coming up, we co- we coming off the Thanksgiving holiday. You know, I was yo. I was in my in my Keith Lee bag when it came to that. Yeah, yo, mom, your mashed potatoes, your mashed potatoes was an eight out of ten. Could have used a little bit more sugar, but you know what? It's cool. Not mashed sugar potatoes, sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes. Yeah, sweet potatoes. My fault. I'm wild. I'm wild. America, I'm sorry. I'm doing a lot right now. God bless. And we, but we gonna rank. We gonna rank. We should have ranked the top Thanksgiving foods too. No, I know. Y'all was going. Yeah, that's another. That's another. Another episode, good brother. Yeah. Matter of fact, we got to. Dang. Yeah. See, I've been going. I'm sorry. We could have did that. We could have did something fun. I mean, we can do a Christmas theme drive. We can do a Christmas theme episode. That's fine. Football on Christmas anyway. So uh, let's get started. You know, we took enough of your time already. Let's get right into this NFL episode, of course, as always. The big story in the league right now is the big matchup on Sunday, 425 on Fox. Your Philadelphia Eagles 10-1 on a five-game winning streak, hosting the 8-3 49ers. This is the cow, like Cowboys and the Lions are still involved, you know, but in my opinion, I feel like this game is for the NFC's number one seed because I feel that these two teams are the best two teams in the NFC. Of course, the Cowboys and Lions are right there. I know, I hear you, but all intents and purposes, this is the number one seed game in the NFC. The Eagles, at home, they're underdogs. They are underdogs. They are three-point underdogs. Um, their money line is set at plus 135 for all of my degenerates out there. And, of course, this is a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game where the Eagles absolutely blew the doors off the San Francisco 49ers, 31-7, en route to the Super Bowl. And, yes, you know, we know about the injuries that occurred to the quarterbacks of the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, it felt like back-to-back drives. I don't know if it was back-to-back drives or if it was, like, the same quarter, same half. Um, but Hassan Reddick was just on a tear last January. And, you know, he took out Brock Purdy and then Josh Johnson with a concussion. And the 49ers have been running their mouths all offseason, all spring, all summer into the fall. Debo calling James Bradbury trash, which is, you know, it's kind of fitting this year. But, you know, he can't say that. Only we can say that. You can't talk about James. No, I won't accept it. Um, just the 49ers has given us a ton of Bolton material. And I say us because, as you can see, I'm an Eagles fan. And so is Johnny and Greg and a couple other members of the podcast. And it's like, guys, just play. This is, like Hassan Reddick said to the media this week, this is the 49ers' chance to, you know. Line it up. up. Line it up. Line that sh- up. You know, I won't say the whole, I won't say the whole thing, but line it up. <laughs> You know, so. And prove it again. 49ers, they've won three straight after losing three straight. The Eagles have won five straight. Fellas, Johnny, I'll start with you. You know, simple question. Who wins and why? Man, first of all, before I. Should I even. Let's let's adjust the money line. Let's adjust that. Well, yeah, first of all, the money line is out of pocket. Before I get into that, can I just say that personally, like you, you said, Jonah, it's Eagles fans on this segment. I'm, my feelings are hurt. I am a personal fan of Debo Samuel. I am a personal fan of Brandon Ayuk. I like the team of the 49ers. I respected them. It kind of hurts me to say that I don't, I don't have, I have to just not like them either because all those, all those pleas, if you heard those Debo Samuel sound bites, 
then it, it's just ridiculous. He was just whining. It was just him just making excuses, uh, saying that it's their, it's, it's our fault that they fumbled the ball and we have full position that led to a touchdown and they're not that, they're not very good. When it's ironically, it was their blocking scheme. It was their quarterback. It's football. Things like this happen. But his sound bites, I was just like, I yeah, I was just like shocked at the lack of professionalism on Debo Samuel's part, and I just was like, wow, I'm like man, you talk about talking out your feelings, like this, this, this dude, like, like, are you kidding me? But anyway, I'm I'm just looking forward to this week. But as far as the money line goes, I am pretty much that's another shocker right there. How, how, what was the last time a home team was the underdog or was not the favorite? I don't know what Vegas is doing there. I don't know what they've seen or what type of inside information they have, but that's really weird. And it's a three point, three and a half, almost well, four point. Let me rephrase point. the question. When was the last time a 10 and one team was an underdog at home? Because we, we see home underdogs. With their starting time. quarterback. <clears throat> with, with their starting, starting quarterback. quarterback. All their starters. This isn't 2017, Nick Foles back up. Not, like, we got everybody, like just about everybody healthy. I think it's because. Greg, Maybe it's because, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, bro. Maybe it's because of the gauntlet of the schedule. I don't know what, man. Like the first what you time, think? I understand Chase Young, that whole thing. Like, but 10-1, 8-3. Like, I think Vegas maybe is just trying to make money. All, all I you will know, say they're, is they're, this. They're hoping people will take the bait on San Fran, maybe? I don't I don't really get the hype with San Fran. And maybe San Fran could come out and play well against the Eagles. You mean, like, you mean really send a message because they've been waiting on this game for a year? But all I know is I watched the Eagles win a close game against the Vikings. That was a, a tooth and nail game. And the Eagles came out on top and did what they had to do to, to win that game. And that was with Jettas and Kirk Cousins as the starting quarterback. I seen the same Vikings team beat the, the 49ers on Monday Night Football without Jettas. With Jordan Addison putting up the game of the, the his best game of the season thus far. So I don't really know what they saying now. I knew realize I'm I'm not I don't remember whether Debo and, and, and Trent Williams were hurt by then. I don't I don't think they and they didn't have Chase Young at the time. So like I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't look into that too much. But I do think without Jettas, you should be able to win that game. And I believe I don't remember if that was at home or on the road. But as a as a perennial favorite, also coming as a perennial as a perennial favorite, and then they started out the year five and zero, oh, and then had come into that game with a loss. You expected them to play better than what they did, and they went on a three game losing streak. So I don't know. I'm 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 told that this this defense is revamped with Chase Young. They're gonna have a lot of hungry pass rushers. It's gonna be a battle of the trenches. I'm excited. So they switch the money line. <laughs> but it, but it's always gonna be caca caca birdman birdman caca caca. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I'm gonna tell you this now. Look, I, and one thing and one thing about that, I gotta say, it's weird because in my head, this game's gonna come down to third and fourth down. This is a, this is a small little stat. Like, let's take away the quarterbacks. Let's take away the hype from the receivers, offense, and defense. Let, even the coaches. When it comes down to it, it's third and fourth down. And it's going to come down to just the Eagles. Because the Niners, I didn't even notice, they're like bottom third in the league on defensively on stopping third downs. The Eagles are top third. 
They're number one in fourth down efficiency. Third and fourth down efficiency, they get the job done. The, the Niners, they're bottom third in the league and stopping it. So when it comes, so their basic game plan is going to try to make us in third and long and fourth and long situations. I can see them trying to do that, maybe trying to blitz Jalen, maybe trying to do a couple of stunts here and there. But the bottom line is, if it comes to third and short or fourth and short, we're going to stay on the field. And we win the time of possession, we come down the field, and that eventually leads to good things. And at the end of the day, like, I mean, I think the Niners, they did win three straight. They're coming off like a gritty win on Thanksgiving. So I guess Vegas is giving them the hype. But at the end of the day, 25-20, that's my final score right there, Eagles. That was actually the final score in the game that they played in 2020 on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Know, that Carson game, that, that was such a weird year. 2020, Jalen's rookie <laughs> year. He was sitting there on the bench watching the whole thing. Um, I not wonder what he was that, thinking. Not to bring that up, but that was the final score of that game against the 49ers. So I just think that's funny. It's supposed to be another rain game, supposedly. Another rain game. So it'll be a third straight week that the Eagles played with the rain. And obviously, you know, last week, at least. In the was another half, rain they, game? Yeah. Apparently, oh, I don't play, want you know, that. Oh, I don't want that. And it's like, I'm going to, I want to tailgate too. I want to be in the lots. I'm not going to the game because, you know, ticket prices are insane. But I, I still want to go <laughs> down there and, you know, and vibe out with the folks, vibe out with my Eagles fans. And Man, come on, man. I was Where down there last y'all? week. Got the tarp up. Oh, man. Look, I was bundled up. I had two jackets. No poncho. Oh, you was down there with the Bills fans? Man. There was no Bills Ooh. fans, but it was the Bills game. I was hoping to see some Bills fans out there, maybe go through a table or two, but there was nobody. They was around, Bills man. They was in the city. They was they in the were, city for sure. They were, I was in M-Lot, so they wasn't around M-Lot. They wasn't around me. But maybe in K-Lot they were doing suplexes on the tables and stuff. But, um, <laughs> yeah, another week with the rain. They dealt with it in Kansas City a couple months mm-hmm. ago. They dealt with it last week at home. They ended up scoring 37 points, you know, in bizarre fashion. <laughs> um, There's so much that I just need to, like, that I want to talk about regarding the Eagles because I just missed so much, like the Jets game and the Cowboys game and just all these cra- crazy wild finishes that we've had. So, first of all, well, I just want to say, can we not go into the half down 17-7 to 7 for, a third street, for a third street week? Can, can I get that? Can I get some, like, first half production well, offense? Like, we... You put together one good drive in the first half of the last two games, and then it's just nothing else with the rest of those 30 minutes. And then the second half is like, you're still kind of struggling a little bit on that first drive, but then DeAndre Swift breaks off a 35-yard run in both games against Kansas City and Buffalo, and that kind of just ignites the whole offense. So maybe get number zero involved in the game. I don't know. Just yeah. thought, I'm no coach. I'm no offense coordinator. I don't, I'm no play caller. I'm no expert. What do I know? I'm just a fan who's been watching for 25 years, you know. But well, it is Brian Johnson's first season too, so he's not. He's he's get, he's he's getting good. He's getting better. All right. And you know they're going to give the ball to McCaffrey, so we might, we know we're going to run. Get it. it. But it's like at the same time, you've been here already. You've been in the building. You worked under, you know, Nick Sirianni. You worked under Shane Steichen. You've been coaching up Jalen pretty much his whole life. He's Uncle BJ to Jalen. He's Uncle BJ. So it's like, you should kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be too harsh on him. 
are we being too harsh, Greg, on Brian Johnson? Uh, personally, like, yeah. I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what y'all, I don't want to know what people are expecting, like, from the Philadelphia Eagles, but, like, I don't, like, and I mentioned this briefly on the last podcast, but for all the criticisms that the, from the play calling, in the as uh, in terms of the Eagles, I mean, I I don't know. I can't recall Brian Johnson has been an offensive coordinator in the past in another capacity. But I remember last year the critiques against the Eagles, the main ones being that they were a second they were a second quarter team because that's when they scored the majority of their points. There was a there was there was a wish that the Eagles scored more points in the second half because they did it. And then there was uh, uh, lamenting the fact that they didn't play a hard enough schedule. And that was the reason why the Eagles had such a great record. And I remember being a, a strong portion through the season. Eagles ain't play nobody. Anytime they play somebody, somebody's always hurt, blah, yada, yada. This year, we're going up against the past three weeks. No, no, this season, we've gone against the Miami Dolphins and we yeah, we've gone against the 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 Nick Kansas City Aaron, Chiefs. You you said what? No, nah, my bad. My phone. No, you good. You good. Um, yeah, I need to get AirPods <laughs> so I can. Yeah, brother. Yeah. You know Hanukkah's right around the go corner. Ahead. Consider consider it. Consider it. Um, oh, no, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, as you should, as you should, you deserve it. Um, yeah, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Three Kings. We don't discriminate on the Rasikna John podcast. We celebrate all. We celebrate all different cultures. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just thought I'd switch it up. You know what I mean? Do I celebrate personally? No, but uh, shout out to all my people out there. That's why we just say happy holidays, man. For sure, yeah. We shout out, yeah. Everyone's everyone's invited at the Richard Zone podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, But but nah, I I think I think for his play calling, he's a. I want to say he's a first time play caller. And I think he's learning it all on the fly. And if he's able to put up enough, yeah, if he's able to do enough to be able to be beating the Miami Dolphins, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and potentially the 49ers, Minnesota, potentially the Dallas Cowboys again. And we have... I think you broke up there a little bit at the end, but yeah, you broke up a little bit, but we got you back. All right, yeah, bad, bad, bad. Yes, sir. I was saying, I was saying to be able to be do. He might be driving by some trees. You, can you I can hear you. Are you surrounded by trees right now? Uh, any yeah. Drive? Yeah, yeah, we we like we go. Yeah, we. We going past trees. Hold on. Let me just say this real quick. Um, I just think to be able to be, for whatever critiques we have against Brian Johnson, to be doing all that as a first-time play caller is crazy. Um, and to and to be winning these games is, cra- is crazy. So, like, I think he doesn't – he's not getting enough respect. I think he will. Um, and I think he'll just learn. He'll get better with time. To have two offensive and defensive coordinators be their first time and we're 10-1 – that just tells me that we're scratching the surface. So, no, we don't have the same re- repetition as they do uh, defensively on the Dallas Cowboys or as they do offensively on the for- the San Francisco 49ers. 
but we gon' we we're doing pretty well. And if we beat the 49ers, I don't care who, how how many games we lose the rest of the season. We run a gauntlet in terms of the people that we've been able to beat. And for first year headquarters uh, coordinators to be doing that, I, I think it says a lot of. He still got ranked with the one seed. No, 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 for sure, for sure. But you get, yeah, I think y'all get, y'all get my point. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta uh, close I my. Uh, I know what you mean. I know. Yeah, please, everyone, excuse me. I gotta close my, uh, yeah, just... my, my video for a second. No, you're all good. You're all good, bro. Um, to his point is like, all right, big picture. Speaking big picture, you just take a step back. You know, you debrief yourself from each game each week, and. You know, you let the emotions come down. You wake up the next day and you sleep it off. Like, after each game, and you sit back and you say, you say, all right, 10 and 1. Like, this is what you wanted. All right, like, the, I, I think the best way to describe it, I saw this on Twitter, and it's like, it just encapsulates everything that I've been feeling the last few months. Being an Eagles fan is incredible each and every day except for the three hours each week that they actually play the game. <laughs> like, that's the best way to describe it. Like, sitting here, you know, going, starting 5-0, and going 5 6-1, 7-1, 8-1, 9-1, 10-1. Only team in the league with, well, every other team has three losses or more. The best they can do is 14-3. Eagles are like, we're up here, 10-1. Even if with the loss on Sunday, it's like, okay, you still got a game lead in the conference. I think we just lost Greg for a second. Hopefully he jumps back in. Um, but you, you think about it, big picture. All right, cool. We're ten to one. But it's like in during those games, it's like it's the just the most stressful. Like I didn't feel like this last year. Maybe in a couple of games here and there, you know, I felt like, all right, you know, they're kinda sweating it out a little bit. You know, it's a little stressful. Like the Indianapolis game last year, I can think off the top of my head. I think that was a one-point win. You know, that wasn't easy by any chance. Um, the Houston game was way closer than it should have been. Like, But they won a lot of games by 20, 30 points. And, of course, like Greg said, you know, you know, weaker opponents. So it's like now, can't – they're going through this tough stretch. They're going through this gauntlet, but it's like you kind of expect them. You kind of expect excellence, like right, like like I, I like just you, feel like, like yeah. Go ahead, bro. My fault. I expect them to still win by at least like because even against these teams like Kansas City and Buffalo, like they're better than like the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. Period. Period. And I feel like they can beat any team by ten points on any given Sunday. But I think, but I think to, to say something like that is almost to, is almost to like, well, I think the people that are like, ah, like we can beat teams by like 10 plus points and almost go into the each game with that expectation, regardless of what a team's I'll record is. Up for failure, but. Yeah, ex ex especially the, um, especially depending on like where teams are at. I think storylines do matter and how and what a team is going through at the time that they play the Eagles are important. I had a bad feeling that we we're going to lose to the Bills last week, not necessarily because the Bills are better than us. I think that the Bills were more desperate. And sometimes when, you're, when your plate is full because you keep eating them dubs, it can be hard sometimes to 
what what uh I forget what um I forget who said it, but he said like it can be hard to um there's a boxer that said one time it can be hard to get up in the morning when your sheets are like like when your sheets are like you know Versace and like you know what I'm saying and when your thread count when you know what I'm saying is Egyptian count you when you you have eight thousand yeah. thread count you know what I mean like you're used to like success so you're not gonna be as hungry as someone that's six and five who's battling for their playoff lives and knows that they need to be playing better and just fire their offensive coordinator. And now they have a new offense coordinator that's leading the way and wants to reinvoke new life into the offense. Like, I think there's just like times, the Kansas City won the championship last year. We are pl- we played Kansas City off Kansas City's bye when we know Andy's re- Andy Reid's pedigree as a head coach, when he what he's able to do coming off the bye. Not only did we play Andy Reid coming off the bye, we play Andy Reid coming off the bye at at, at um at um in Kansas City in Arrowhead. I was gonna say Burrowhead in Arrowhead, and and you would think oh, for that game by the way, <laughs> and you would think we lost. How some of the people were talking about the win. You know how many people said? How many people talk about what if if the Chiefs had done this? If the Chiefs had done this. I don't care what happened. You mean like, oh, I can say from that Super Bowl last year, if Jalen Hurts ain't fumbled the ball, but what happened? who got the ring? I don't really want to, like, it don't matter. It's if You're either eating L's or you're eating dubs. And we eating dubs right now. And the fact that we keep finding a way to win, especially with the critique being last year that we were we weren't a second-half team and we were never in close games and we were playing mediocre competition, to be playing some of the competition this year, we have like the second hardest strength of schedule, I think, in the league right now in terms of the people. The our, our wins, our wins are the second, are the second strongest in terms of like the people that we've been able to beat in terms of record-wise this season. We're, we're the second in the league. We've been able to win the close games. We've been playing, scoring way more points in the second half of games than we were in the first half of the games which is literally the complete opposite of what we were doing last year and the critique that people were giving us last year, and they're still not satisfied, which is why it makes me feel bad because then when people talk about how Eagles fans are unsatisfied and ungrateful and stuff like that, it really, it re- this scenario really makes me feel that way. Because I'm like, bro, who, the football gods gave you exactly what you were asking for based off of last year's team, and you're complaining that we're not last year's team, even though last year's team, y'all were complaining that we weren't, we didn't have the the, the qualifications that we do of this year's team. Make it make sense. You feel what I'm saying? Like the kid that the kid that wants the Power Ranger on on Christmas right is mad that we he got a Power Ranger on Christmas. What did you you said you wanted that? <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Let, let me let me just like the, like the package he came in got ripped already. Like yeah, spoiled, like, like, spoiled, spoiled. Spoil. Put it back. Spoiled. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why we expect excellence. Let me tell you why we going through the gauntlet and we're this ten and one record is way more impressive than last year. And I'm gonna tell you why. Like they're nerve wracking, but at the same time, you feel like we can beat anybody ahead. Like here, here it, it it's it's not because all right. At the end of the day, they know on this panel the majority of us are Eagles fans. Um, this is a Philly podcast, but it is for America and for the world, honestly. So just but we we do we may sound biased, right? We have listeners that we might have we might even have 49ers listeners here, and I just want to let y'all know that we're not biased here. 
We're speaking facts. We may have a little bit of emotion, but we're speaking facts. Game-winning drives up to week 12. So far in this league, out of all quarterbacks in the league, Jalen Hurts is tied for first with four. He's tied for first with four fourth-quarter game-winning drives. All right? The stats back up what we're saying. Patrick Mahomes has one so far this year. Brock Purdy has none so far this year. Lamar Jackson, love you, brother. You have not proved yourself yet. You have zero game-winning drives so far this year. Tua Tagovailoa only has one. These are quarterbacks. Josh Allen, 0-6 in, in overtime games for his career. 9-8 and eight in one-possession games. Jalen Hurts, when, when the Eagles are down 10 points or more, he has a passer rating of 135. When the Eagles are down, I think, uh, I think, uh, what was the stat? When the Eagles are down, what is it? I have it right here. He has a passer after, rating of at halftime or after halftime, he has a passer rating of 116. When it when the game is tight, he, he when it, when it, bro when it, when the game is tight, he has a touchdown to interception ratio of six to one. When the when we're when he's playing from behind, is a touchdown interception ratio eight to zero. We're not speaking out of emotion. We're not biased here. He's earning the bragging rights. He's earning the flowers that we're giving him. He's he's earning the right for us to say that we're confident going through this gauntlet and in the next games. Like like it's it's just insane, bro. Like who's playing so far right now? Dak Dak Prescott. I mean, he's having a great year. He went seventeen and two touchdown to interception ratio so far. Three hundred thirty six yards a game. Uh, Brock Purdy, even he's got an eight, eight and three touchdown in 318 yards per game. We're not discrediting the other opponent's stats. We're not discrediting their numbers. We're just talking simply when it comes to wins, fourth quarter drives an overtime and beyond. And at the same time, and Jalen Hurts is number one. He's tied for first, ironically with Russell Wilson. I don't know why he's up there so far. And Desmond Ritter from the Atlanta Falcons. Surprisingly, have four have four uh, fourth quarter uh, comebacks, but at neither here nor there. At the end of the day, as far as playoff contention and going ahead is concerned, Jalen Hurts is number one. He's top for first Man. with those. I ha- I have to say it. He's top for first, but the Ains at the same time he's got four. He's first. I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean to do those name drops, but they're up there too. They're, no. Therefore, they have four in their own right. I mean. No, but you know, I didn't. Mean, I digress. I digress. The main statement I'm making is the facts. The stats back up what we're saying. All right, the facts. We're not biased. We are Eagles fans, but at the same time, we have facts to back up our proof. And Jalen is that guy, bro. That's why you had that confidence, Jonah. That's why you feel like you can beat any other team. That's why you feel that way. Oh, of course, cheap man. All right, all right. Take it. First of all, take a deep breath. All right, take a deep breath. We hear you. I hear you. Greg hears you. We all hear you. But damn, man, you jumped ahead. You jumped. You jumped right into the MVP talk. We was getting to that. I got you. But that's a perfect segue. Oh, oh, I got. I got. I got other stats for that too. I just yeah, made a point with this right here because. And all right. Well, before we get to that, I just want to kind of wrap that conversation with a neat little bow. Listen, I'm not mad that we're winning games. I'm not. I'm not even mad that we're winning games close. Like, it's the, it's the nature of the NFL. I'm not mad at it. I'm just 
because first of all, you're, you're gonna need that experience come January and February. Absolutely, battle the stars. Coasted in the, in the NFC playoffs. They coasted against the Giants. They coasted against the 49ers. and then once they got to their to that seesaw matchup against Kansas City, they came we showed out. out. They it's did show out though. You know, like down swing. The Eagles did feel a little more one dimensional last year. This year is like, it's like we know they have that blowout capability in them. We know they do. And I feel like towards the end of the season with those matchups, Seattle, New York, Arizona, we're going to see some blowouts. So, you know, I'm just happy with the wins, racking up the wins now, get the one seat, win the division, all that good stuff. I'm just saying. As a fan, I would like to not stress for three hours. Every <laughs> day, every day. That's all. That's Me too. All. Me too, brother. It's, it's been consistent this year. They've only won three games by more than one score. At Tampa, at Los Angeles, and then at home against Miami. That yeah. was probably the most impressive one of the season at home against Miami, the first Kelly Green week. Other than that, they've been in one-score games all year. That's all. I'm just saying. Eight, eight, one score games. It, it does, it does something to you, and it's not fun. Winning the games after the game, talking about it through that week is fun, but the actual three hours, not so much. But I digress. I love my team. I'm not mad at the ten and one record at all. All right, and I, I respect everything that you and Greg, you know, said. Like I respect the passion. Like, listen, wins are a win. Got to take them how we get them. I get it. But as you were just saying, as you were just breaking down those numbers, you know, moving on to the MVP race, because I feel like it's something that we haven't discussed at all so far this season. Certainly not I. I haven't been here. But I don't think you guys have either. So what better time than now we're a little past the halfway mark of the season. We're actually going into the final stretch. We're heading into December. We've got about six weeks left on the NFL schedule in the regular season. So, you know, the playoff races are heating up. That means the MVP race is also heating up. And it's a bit of a tricky one this year. Gotta be honest. For the first time in a long time, it doesn't seem like there's not even one player, you know, let alone two or three, but one that's, like, just absolute dominating the league right now. That's, like, Tyreek Hill had a stretch where he was dominating. He cooled off. A.J. Brown had a stretch where he was dominating. Cooled off. Christian McCaffrey had that touchdown streak. Um, he tied the record. He got hurt. That cooled his, his momentum off. So it's like, and the quarterback play all over the league feels like it took it a step back. And now it's starting to open the floodgates of, well, should this be like the first time since Adrian Peterson? I forgot. The, I forget the year. It may be 2013. Forgive me. The last time we had a non-quarterback win the NFL MVP award. So right now, you look at the uh, the current betting favorites. You look at the odds. Jalen Hurts is and rightfully should be. He is the betting favorite to win MVP right now at plus one. Yes, sir. Behind him is Pat Mahomes at plus 350. Then you have Lamar Jackson at plus 400. All the guys that you've mentioned. Dak, plus 800. And then I don't think you mentioned Brock Purdy. But he's uh, a plus, you know, 1,400 right now. His odds will go through the roof. If he pulls off, I guess it wouldn't be an upset, but if he pulls off the road win, that would greatly help his chances. Um, it's not going to happen. No, 
It would greatly help his chances if it were to happen. And also his teammate, Christian McCaffrey, he's the only non-quarterback in the top 10 for odds. He's at plus 2,500. So he's a long shot right now to an MVP. And he's the only non-quarterback hope to an MVP this year. Some other guys, you know, CJ Stroud and Tua Tungvaluwa, um, you know, their names have been thrown around. CJ Stroud, rightfully, you know, deservedly so. I feel like he's a lock for offensive rookie of the year. Greg, you back? What's up, man? Shout out, shout out to the trees in Harrisburg, man. They get crazy. MVP talk. We segued into the MVP talk, so I, I was kind of just setting it up for y'all right now. Oh, um, come on. I'll let Johnny go first. Let you just you know ease your way back in. So All right, I could what? ask you know who your MVP favorite is right now, but I feel like I know the answer from both of you. It's pretty Absolutely. simple. Like it, it's Jalen Hurts. All right. Yeah, I yeah. You I mean, guys, to make a solid case, and you kind of already did, Johnny, telling me why he deserves to be the favorite because I know he does. But everybody, you know, I guess maybe it's just Twitter. Maybe I'm just chronically online. Maybe I'm just online too much. I need to just step outside, get some fresh air, let the sun rays hit me, touch some grass, and maybe see what people in the real world are talking about. Because online is like Jalen Hurts, the running back, MVP. No. And they're, they're pulling up they're pulling up the passing numbers. No, they don't look sexy. No, he's only got, what, uh, 15 passing touchdowns. You know, nine interceptions, yada, yada, yada. But they're not taking everything into account. So I'm going to ask you guys, Greg, if, you, if you're cool, I can start with you because Johnny already gave his little spiel. Why is Jalen Hurts the MVP of the NFL right now? Because at the end of the day, I don't know, I don't know what happened to this league where we became stat-driven, right? I, I, feel like, I feel like at the end of the day, an eye test has to matter. And for at this point in the season, the Eagles are the Eagles are not only are they ten and one, but we can make the argument that the Eagles realistically should not have won four out of this out of the ten wins that are at bare minimum. At bare minimum, if you just wanted to, you can make the argument that the Eagles should had no business reading winning at somewhere between four to five of their ten wins. The only I'd make the argument that the one of the main reasons, and you can make the argument that maybe Jalen Hurts is part of as part of the problem as to why they're like behind in the first place, but I'd make the argument that I've seen enough from Jalen Hurts to know that if the game's on the line, I want the ball in his hands. I don't know when I remember being a kid. And they, they used to flaunt on Sunday Night Football whenever I had to see those, those forsaken giants on Sunday Night Football with Eli Manning. I remember they used to give they used to applaud Eli Manning for being the one of the best fourth quarter quarterbacks in the league and being able to lead drives and being able to win games, win, game winning drives. Eli Manning was always at the top of the list. You know, Philip Rivers, you mean Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady. We used to we used to glorify quarterbacks that could be that could that could do that now if you're not winning by 40 you're not winning i I thought the nfl was different from college you gotta win you gotta win the style points for winning nowadays as opposed to just being able to win these are grown men we talking about they got kids <laughs> like we got like we still got the bcs committee or something like exactly points, man like, like exactly 
like it's the March Madness tournament. Like exactly, we got we we playing on the road against the defending Super Bowl champions, and if we didn't win by thirty, we didn't really win. We 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 got we got the Dallas Cowboys. We we got the Dallas Cowboys coming to Philadelphia, and because Dak Prescott. His foot stepped out of bounds, and he didn't get the conversion. They keep talking about the what if. Uh, what if he did that? What if they made the connection? What if Josh Allen made the? T- I don't. Y'all keep telling me about this. What if? What happened? What happened? And all I know is when the ball was in the other quarterback's hand, when it was the Kansas City Chiefs, when it was the Dallas Cowboys, when it was the Buffalo Bills, it was close but no cigar. It was Dallas, it was Dak Prescott's foot was so close to being in bounds, but it wasn't. It was, it was um Patrick Mahomes. He he got it in the ball in the in the wide receiver's hands, but he dropped it. It was it was um it was uh uh Schumacher, uh his knee hit down at the goal line. Exactly. Schumacher's uh, cross. Exactly. It was Gabe Davis and um it was Gabe Davis that wasn't on in uh, on the same page with his quarterback when he ran the option route. It was oh, uh, with the drop. Uh, all these all these ifs as opposed to all these ifs when it was when it's the other quarterback and we're glorifying the if scenario where we're not glorifying Jalen Hurts when the ball's in his hand and the game's on the line, he's able to come through with results each and every week. Like I like I don't I don't know what else you need. But the combination, if you're looking at Jalen Hurts solely as a passer, all right, you got me. Hey, you win. He's not he, here. But I'm, I'm just talking about statistically because you know there's yeah. always going to be them stat bulls. But when you take into consideration Jalen Hurts, the passer and the runner, the fact that he's the, he's the, he has 10, I believe he has 10 plus rushing touchdowns this season, and he broke the QB record this season for much of most rushing touchdowns in a, in a career in a career over over Cam Newton. Over so, like, so we go we gonna pretend like Jalen Hurts not doing all this. I keep seeing Jalen Hurts put his team in a position to win. We glorify I'll tell you somebody that's not even in the MVP conversation, but I'll give you somebody that every time we glorify him, it never makes sense to me. We glorify Justin Herbert because of the talent that he has. Yet every single time I watch Justin Herbert play, when it's time, there are, you can say anything you want about uh, uh, Brandon Staley. You can say anything you want about that defense. But I've seen so many times when it's – how many times when it's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers and the game's on the line, it has less to do with play calling, and it really comes down to just the quarterback making a play. The quarterback making a play. We make all these excuses for Justin Herbert, but every single time, regardless of the scenario, how many times is Justin Herbert in a one-score game with the with the ball in his hand to go out and win the game, and he comes up short? It's a it's a sack to end the game. It's a, it was an interception against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. But we, you can say anything. I watched Sunday Night Football against the Ravens. The 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 the, the Chargers gave up 10, thirteen points to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, 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 offensively, and you can't you can't score more than thirteen points. But we're gonna make all these excuses for Justin Herbert. How about we make? How about we give uh, Jalen Hurst the, the the credit he deserves for being a leader, for being able to guide this team to a ten and one record, and for being the MVP of this league. I'm tired of this Jalen Hurst disrespect, for real. <laughs> like, I know how many brothers do you know that can go ten and one? And people are still questioning whether he can, he's a good passer. 
how many people I are questioning what at this point you feel me like is it I, like I, if we didn't have this many black quarterbacks in the league i would i'll make the argument this was a race thing but i'm not gonna do it but i just know Jalen <laughs> harris is too good of no, a brother well i'm just gonna say Jalen Hurts is too good as a, of a brother because he's too humble and he's too confident in his ability to to, to clap back because if it was me and I'm leading an a, a Eagles team to 10 and one record back-to-back -back years. Oh, you gonna hear about it. Your mom gonna hear about it. Your second cousin on your mom's side gonna hear about it. I don't stop playing. Jalen hurts. Yo, I'm focus on the road. Focus on the road. Before, before I start talking like shot. Michael Irvin, I'm sweating. I lost your shot, man. It's just like a blurred image, man. But you. Does that answer your question, Jonah? We pretty much in yeah, agreement with this segment. Yeah, we, we don't got to talk about it anymore. I mean, I will say, uh, hold on, let me ask y'all though. Let me ask y'all though. Because listen, we always say MVP is a QB driven, is a QB. Say, yeah, do, MVP. Do you want to shelve that conversation for, for everybody else or do you want to discuss it now? Um, I feel like we can save it. Cause yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. We can save it. We can save we'll it. save it. Because I feel like Jalen's going to win. Yeah, and when he does, then I'm gonna bring it up to the rest of the to the to whoever is on that, that particular episode. I'm gonna bring it up because I see the discourse and it's like, yeah, we kind of talk about it every year. Like, yeah, the quarterbacks, you know, the best quarterback or you know the best player on the best team, which is usually the quarterback wins MVP. Rodgers, Mahomes, Manning four times, Brady, yada yada yada. But now Jalen Hurts is leading the pack. He's leading the conversation. Now these talks of, oh, quarterback, it's just a quarterback. Well, now it's like it's being amplified. It's like, oh, they're just giving it to him because he's the quarterback on the best team in the league. I'm like, all right. I see I'm playing, bro. I he's also got – he's a, yeah, that's funny, bro. He's the, the quarterback in the rushing numbers because he's – Best quarterback on a he's just the best quarterback on the best team in the league, and he's only got this he's only got the second best winning percentage when it's down ten points or more. But you know, like he doesn't just win. The four touchdowns a game, and he's supposed to have a passer rating of one fifty every game. Like okay, like sorry. First of all, that's just not the offense that the Eagles run. Because whatever, bro. Air it out. We saw it last year. We saw it against Tennessee. We saw Whatever, it against Pittsburgh. We saw it in the Super Bowl. Okay. They can air the ball out, but that's just not the offense they run. But I'll take a, I'll, yeah, they, I, they can they can they can have their they can have their quarterbacks that fill the stat sheets up. I'll take a quarterback that know, fills Justin up the Herbert ring column. Probably got the prettiest spiral, the tightest spiral in the league. But he don't like he. Yeah, take take him. He fill up a stat sheet. Take him. I'll take a quarterback that fills up the win column. I don't care about the stats. And a lot of that you can blame on Brandon Staley if you want, but Justin Herbert doesn't win games. He doesn't put the team on his back. He needs, he needs help. Jalen Hurts is helping the Eagles. And, and just say, as oh, a PSA, got all this talent around him. Like he he has AJ Brown and Smitty and Goddard and that offensive line. Okay, we saw what Gardner Minshew did with the exact same talent, minus DeAndre Swift. He had Miles Sanders instead at running back. We saw how, and just we saw as how a, that worked against New Orleans. And just as a PSA, how many times? How many? If I have to hear somebody else talk about how the 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 like fourth and one play needs to be banned, do you? And 
if it was really if it really needed to be if it if the if if it needed to be banned it needs to be banned because of how well the eagles are executing it do you any if the reason why the eagles are executing well because it's not like this is some like it's not like this is some like uh magical play that only the eagles can run it the reason why it's successful is is because that Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback in the league that can bench, that can that can squat for 600 pounds. He got the legs. He got the legs of an offensive lineman as a quarterback. So it's like he. Also, so, Jason Kelsey deserves so much credit for that. Ain't no, a Hall of Fame sure. center. Like, ain't a Hall. Ain't a Hall of Fame center. There, so man. just get you. So just get you. Get, so basically, just get you a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds and a Hall of Fame center, and you can do it all you yeah. want too. Exactly. Right. No, I mean, uh, clearly they can. That's why they want to ban him. Everyone's talking about banning. Yeah, that's that's a whole other discussion. That's that's kind of, and I see that all the talking heads are kind of you know walking back on their statements about the play because they're seeing that everybody else in the league is trying to play and they're not succeeding. And they're just like, well, the Eagles are just good at it. It's not a cheat code. They're not cheating. It's in the rule books. It's just our O line gets down. They get lower than. The other team's D-line, and they push. They're just stronger. Right. But it can be stopped. We've seen that the play can be stopped. It's just about your personnel, how much talent's on your offensive line, and how strong your quarterback is. But um, this, this is starting to feel like an Eagle-centric episode, which I kind of wouldn't mind. But I know the folks, you know, they tuned in for a whole NFL podcast, and we still have some more stuff to go over. Let's talk about these Panthers. Um, and it's Frank Reich for the second straight year for a second straight year has been fired in November midseason. Last year, he was the head coach of Indianapolis Colts. He was let go in November. Jeff Saturday took over this year. He's let go again after a one and 10 start abysmal, easily the worst record in the NFL and the special teams coordinator, Chris Tabor will take over as interim head coach. So, as I've just mentioned, they're 1-10. Um, worst team in the league by far. Sorry, Miles Sanders. You got your money, but, brother, it's a rough situation down there. 30th in the league in total offense. They're 29th in scoring offense. And, you know, yeah, it's like they're 1-10. It's like, well, on the bright side, we got the number one overall pick, right? No. They don't. They traded it to Chicago last year as a part of a, a package deal to move up to number one in the 2023 NFL draft. So now in 2024, the Bears, who are already in the have the fourth draft pick as their own, they now own the number one overall pick in the NFL, thanks to the Panthers. So, um, ah, are they having buyer's remorse right now on uh? Bryce Young, and I say buyer's remorse not in terms of a contract, but in terms of how much they gave up to move up to number one again. And when C.J. Stroud was right there, they wanted, I think initially they wanted Stroud, and then they kind of like, or those are just, you know, false reports, because according to Dave Tepper, their owner, you know, it was unanimous that all the coaches all the front office, they wanted Bryce Young. They were dead set. This is why we gave up so much to get him. And I don't want to say it's his fault because he's a rookie. But, you know, could they be having bias remorse right now? Because C.J. Stroud, offensive rookie of the year, 
you know, a faint, faint MVP candidate. He's having a great year. Greg, how would you assess everything going on down south right now? I'm not gonna lie to you. <clears throat> if I'm a, if I'm an owner, I'm sorry. If I'm a coach, I don't want to say nowhere near this team. What? Yo, they fired Frank Reich 11 games into the season. You just hired him in the off season. I can't get a. I can't. I can't get a full 17 games. Nah, you're crazy. My number, bro. My number one wide receiver is Adam Thielen, 34 year old Adam Thielen. You expected. You expected quality wins. Yo, be serious. Yo, what's going on, David Tepper? Let's have a talk. You're a billionaire. All right. You. You did not become a billionaire by being this impatient. There's no way. There's no way. 11 games. Now, don't get me wrong. Frank Wright had a hand in drafting Bryce Young. Frank Wright had a hand in letting uh, DJ Moore, let, uh, you know, being trade eligible to be able to get that draft pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, the defense has been a little bit on decline. Now they're going to lose Brian Burns, which is going to make it even worse. But the, the defense was a little bit middle of the pack anyway. Like, I need to know as an owner, what were your expectations? And how, if at all, was CJ Stroud's immediate success impacting your desire to let this man go? Because here's my thing. CJ Stroud's not winning games in Carolina with Adam Thielen as the number one, as the number one wide receiver. Straight like that. And don't disrespect the Miles Sanders, but I could, you know, I got a bu- I got a bum ankle. And I could rush for at least a solid 500 yards behind that Eagles offense. So no disrespect to Miles Sanders, but he's had a fumbling problem, and he had a really and he's had an injury problem, and to be in a situation where the offensive line isn't as good because the, the brother uh, Bryce Young be going through it with that offensive line. You got you go from the league's best offensive line last year to the league's worst offensive line last year. This year you are are prone to fumbling the football and. You're injury prone? Nah, you weren't going to succeed there. And I know you needed the money, but like you weren't going to succeed there. So when I'm looking at CJ Stroud, I'm looking at, uh, when I'm looking at CJ Stroud and the success he had, I think David Temper got impatient. But I'm telling y'all, Bryce, if I'm, a, if I'm a coach, I don't want to go there. And for real, for real, what they need to do, they need to get a wide receiver in the second round of this draft. Because Bryce Young can't, can't and I don't even want to call Adam Thielen a thug, uh, um, uh, a scrub, because because he, he's done a lot. I was gonna say a thug, a scrub, but he and he's done a lot, a lot in this league. But his best years, age. yeah, his best so, years are behind him. Yeah, about the time undefeated, we all know, especially in that running back position. Because Miles, he actually did want to stay. He wanted to stay here, but um, nah, he also he wanted like, he also wanted his bread too. <laughs> he did, like he wanted to sign his contract here, but he wasn't getting that money here. It's just wasn't no, happening. For sure. so. No, for sure. No, for sure. I'm not gonna lie, I like I like DeAndre Swift. David Tepper, I mean, he took over for Jerry Richardson in 2018 as the owner of this of this Panthers team, and they're 30 and 63 in his five year tenure so far. I mean, I I don't want to invoke Dan Snyder's name because we know the mess that he was, you know, disregarding you know the Washington football commander skins, whatever the hell, (laughs) you know, but he also had a lot of scandalous things going on, like outside of the realm of football, like just poor business decisions, 
you know, just doing horrible things to the people, you know, in that organization. And of course, that terrible, just rundown stadium that they got down there in Maryland. I don't want to invoke his name, but it feels like David Tepper and also Jim Irsay a little bit is kind of, they're kind of like in that territory of just like bad owners and it's like, it's not like he owns a team. It's like, you can't really just force him out. Nothing he can really do, but is he the answer? Yeah, to, like, to Temper's credit, though, Temper's only been an owner in the NFL for the past five years, I believe. Because he, he, his I first, know, yeah. yeah, yeah, so like, you know, he hired Matt Rule, and then, you know, like, Matt Rule was his first hire, and then it, and then it was Frank Wright for a for, So it's like, he hasn't been, a, I can't go that far because he hasn't been an owner for that long. But like I think, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to throw that in there. I don't want to invoke Dan Snyder because I'm hearing that comparison. It's like he's not that bad. It's just the football is bad. He personally isn't bad. Maybe I mean I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't know you know who he is as a person, but I feel like he. I haven't heard his name in any, you know, scandalous material. It's just on the field. You're just not getting a result. So it's like, what do you do? Do you hire a new GM? It's like, who who comes in to coach for you next year long but, term? But you're, well, my, thing is, my thing is you're stunting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead bro. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm about to go. Go ahead, Greg. Go ahead, Greg. I was just going to yeah. say the, the, the biggest thing is that, like, in, in all this fluctuation, the, the, the Matt Rule era was dominated by an inability to find a franchise quarterback. So you go into this and you go into this coaching search wanting a coach that can develop, uh, uh, get a franchise quarterback and then a coach that can develop him. I think that Frank Wright has a track record as a bare minimum of being able that I don't necessarily know if he can get the uh, attract the talent, like the talent that's already existing there. But if it's clear that someone has some some level of generational talent, I think Frank, Frank Wright's track record is that he can develop them into an MVP caliber candidate. So to to rob Bryce Young of 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 consistency at the head coaching position of an offensive philosophy position uh position is uh, with just uh, only eleven games into the coach's first season is honestly a travesty and a crime that I think will is more, is going to be more day, uh, David Temper's legacy if, if Bryce Young does end up flopping out more than anything else. Because you're not even giving Bryce Young a fair chance at this point. And it's like, come on. Exactly. Like, it's like, instability. It's... Right. Like, how are I don't, you supposed to learn? Like, how you give, how you give a Matt Rule four years, like, but you gave you give Frank Wright 11 games? Come like on, Frank bro. Frank I mean, we – it did work in Indy, and it wasn't working this year. But he—it's not like he's a urban. I, he's I, I, I beg to, I beg to differ. Like he I think it, second year. I beg to differ. I think it was working in Indy until it was working in Indy when the when the the quarterback when the quarterbacking was consistent. He led. He Philip Rivers guided the Indianapolis Colts to a playoff berth. You know what I mean? We all know what Carson Wentz is. And he and, and Frank Wright accepted the job initially with the intention of being able to work with um with Andrew Luck. So I'd make the argument that with Frank Wright, when given a roster full of talent, is able to do wonders. And we forget 
because of how that Carson Wentz season ended, that they were two games away, that they were they had to win one of their next other final two games to make the playoffs, and they didn't. And I'd make that bigger the argument that it was an, more of an indictment on who Carson Wentz had become than who what Frank Wright had done as a coach. So I personally I think Frank Wright is a pretty good coach in terms of a development. Is he going to be the coach that gets you to a Super Bowl? Probably not. But in a situation where you needed to develop your quarterback, Frank Wright was the man for the job, and you just and you squandered that opportunity. And he he did have that relationship a chance. Go ahead, John. Yeah, yeah, he did have he did have Matt Ryan too uh, for a stint. He did have a Hall of Fame quarterback at one point, or maybe no. a possibly future Hall of Fame. But you, but you, know, you know, you know Darwell, you know Darwell, Matt Ryan was done. Matt Ryan was but he done. Just, yeah, that's why I say he was there for he was only there for a short step because I think even in that step they was trying to see all right developing quarterbacks even if that is his resume let's see what he can do with a with a capable with a seemingly capable quarterback though he is at the back end of his career let's see what type of I think they were trying to gear up for some type of a run right there that also didn't favor and also made him look bad too but. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, bro. I don't. I don't think he wanted Bryce Young, man. I think he really wanted C.J. Stroud, dog. Like it was a. It was a. It was That's a. I think it was a. Um, uh, Frank. There was a thing. Um, there was a little. Uh, something in the news that came out a while ago by Cal Bailey, a former like he. He's like some type of an analyst. I forgot what. Uh, I think an NFL analyst though. But he has said that um during the draft day um uh Frank Reich wanted uh C.J. Stroud, but Tepper came down and insisted that they would do things another way. Like he kind of took that decision in his own hands. And that's another thing to what y'all said before about these owners, um, these, these couple, these, so these uh, couple of names of bad owners, like the one trait that I see that seems to be consistent in bad ownership is them trying to do the football stuff. There you go. There you go. They try to do too much. They try to do too much. They try to do a lot. Dan Snyder included, um, I just feel like he that 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 just Jerry reminded Jones, me of he that. Did a so. job of it, but you know he he actually fell out. back. He he fell back a little bit. He started letting he let certain his, he let people. His son, his son kind of take over, but yeah, that kind of helped him out. He was owner, president, GM. He was all. He was everything. He was yeah. the coach. <laughs> yeah, and it, we already see that the Cowboys did at least no success for them. So I think there's a yeah. trait there with these bad owners that also need that we need to pay attention to. And also, in addition to the fact that, the, like Tepper said, um, I remember David Tepper addressed the media, and he said that the Panthers were the original plan were for them to trade the number two pick, and they basically they they didn't expect the Texans to take C.J. Stroud. So I guess he was trying to say that they based it their plan off of a prediction. They thought that the Texans were going to go with Bryce Young, but they did surprise them and took C.J. But nevertheless, they're happy with Bryce Young and the pick, and they're confident in them. And, Stuff like that, but at the end of the day, like you said, it comes down to development. Also, like I, I don't think Frank Wright could just. I mean, maybe he just couldn't work with Bryce Young, but I mean, come on, dude, he had like nine touchdowns in eleven games. That's just that's bad O line. The old they had injuries on the offensive line. In addition to just free agencies not working out, Miles Sanders and Adam Thielen included. Even Von Bell, you forgot that Von Bell is a safety there with the Bengals from last year. They picked him up. He's not performing. This year, either dude, like it's just they're thirtieth, they're thirty first in the league in, in the red zone, like dead last in rushing. It's just bad, but dead last in defense. I mean, I think Bryce got one game winning drive. Brian Burns got six sacks this year, after having twenty one sacks 
Yeah, bro, right. After, like, uh, yeah, Jesse J. Stroud. Brian Burns, six sacks this year after having 21 sacks the past two seasons. Like, he's already waiting to get cashed out, and he's already, like, he's ready to bounce after his, like, cash me out, and so I can just go ahead and bounce. So it's just like, they just got, like, problems ahead of Frank Wright, and I feel like it's just, he got the bad end of the stick again, and um, that's just bad for his legacy, bro. But at the end of the day, they're tore up on the floor, right? Yeah, man. It feels like they're going to be in the long rebuilding stretch. Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen's averaging nine yards a catch, and he's already got like 100 targets. That's horrible. Like, And I always, always tend to just, I always have this thing where I tend to make everything about the Eagles, but it's like, it, it, it just makes me grateful that we have the system that we have in place. Like, even in our lows, like 2011, 2012, 2020, like, we've had some bad seasons, 2015, but we've never had, like, a sustained stretch of bad football. It's always been, like, whenever we've had to rebuild, it's been more of a retool, and it's just, like, a quick fix, and it's, like, maybe you're not instantly championship contenders, but it's, like, you're back in the playoffs. You can win nine or ten games. Like, this is going to be a long stretch for Carolina. They won't make the playoffs next year, and probably not the year after. Like we saw with Houston, you know, like they're they're in the playoff hunt, but it took them a few years. You know, they like had a couple stints. They had like two or three stints where they did crack the playoff. Post the, I mean, post the Sean Watson. I'm, well, I'm saying, and like post this, and 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 what we're yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. and what we're missing about like this this Houston Texans team is that like that let this draft class that they were able to acquire was really. Like, not only were they able to get the quarterback, but they were able to get the defensive end of the future. And then they were also to get able to get what is looking like to be their wide receiver of the future in Tank Dell. Tank Dell putting yeah. up numbers. Will Anderson, while he hasn't had the best season overall, yeah. I will say, I, I think, I think. I think I, Jalen. Exactly. 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 Oh exactly. Bro, so it's. And, yo, that's, oh it. that's a real quick break. Hey, Greg, shout out. Real quick, Greg, shout out. Great name drop on Tank Dell. Did you know uh, Sidebar, CJ Stroud got drafted before him, and Tank Dell texted him. It was like, yo, tell me to come get me. And he called him, and the next day they drafted Tank Dell. They worked out with each other in the, at the combine, and they wound up having a connection. And they just won, it just wound up clicking. Like, who knew that Tank Dell would be that? You know what I'm saying? He's like, a wow. Tremendous fantasy receiver. I don't have him. I played <laughs> against him, and it's, yeah, he. It's just, it's just rough. I oh. should have picked him up in free agency, man. And then even and, and then and, and then he, and then even like the the Cowboys castoffs. I forget what the tight end from the the from the Cowboys last season what his name was, but um. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is looking pretty good. Noah Brown. Is his name? He's been uh, had a little bit of a, a little he's bit of research. Yeah, he's revamped his career. He's because he's been around. He's revamped his career. Exactly. So it's like. I don't know. I feel like they've been hitting a D'Amico, lot. D'Amico, bro. Shout out D'Amico Ryan's got them. Exactly. The Eagles legend. Yeah, for like two seasons. For a couple years. Yeah. For a couple years, yeah. But uh, that that was Panthers talk, man. It's it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long stretch for them. Probably by the time they get that new stadium down there, like 2027, 2028, maybe they'll they'll be ready to compete again. We'll see. Hopefully. I mean. I personally don't care, but you know, for those Carolina fans that we may have out there, you know, 
I'm praying for y'all. I'm... Right. At least y'all have the Charlotte but, Hornets. Uh, at least they don't have any, you know. Oh, Lord. No, I mean, they got the Hurricanes, bro. Right. Hurricane all right, all right, all right. <laughs> they got Duke. Yeah. Oh, please. Can't stand Duke. We all hate, everybody hates Duke. But let's talk about, come on. I know what everybody loves. We love gambling. Huh? No, just me? Come on, man. Let's close it up. Let's close it up with this, baby. What a better way to close it up, right? Sunday parlays. Do we got anything? All right. I I got a four legger for you guys, but if any one of you wanna start, yeah, let, let me let me let me tell y'all. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me uh, allow me to get off the screen real quick so I can show you what I'm what I'm cooking in this fan duel. <laughs> God bless. How how many how many leagues is it? See, uh, I'm gonna do a little. I'm gonna do a calm little like uh, five John this time. Yeah, I was thinking we. I was thinking we just stick to something. Yeah, just something calm. Yeah, some just you know, to get... like TV, like on. TV, I just got. Like I, I just got anytime. I I just got four. I just got four players for anytime touchdowns. I just got that. I just got that for that. Yeah, we going straight up. I I got four guys got this week. I got four guys this week. I'm gonna drop these four names. I got four guys this week. Anytime, put these put put these on yard joints, baby. Yeah, no, I'm saying what I got coming up. All right, all right. So here we go. I got okay. Um, I got uh, I got Los Angeles Chargers. I got them. I got them covering the spread against the the um the New England Patriots. The spread is uh, five and a half. So I got them. They they're supposed to beat the New England Patriots by five and a half. I like that. I got the. I got this is my. This is the one that people are giving me some, some heckling me about. But I'm saying like, yo, tr- trust me. I got I got the Arizona Cardinals covering the spread against the Pittsburgh Steelers, five and a half points. I think if the Pittsburgh Steelers do, insane. I think if the Pittsburgh Steelers do beat the Arizona Cardinals, it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be like by three points. Um, and then my other my other my other sleeper one. Is Broncos is Broncos covering the spread against the 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 Texans? If we being real, if you're really being feeling real frisky, I'll do Broncos money line and Broncos covering the spread. Because I'm not gonna lie, I think the Broncos gonna win this game. That's too risky. That's too risky. But... And I and I hear you. And I hear Who you. Who would have thought though? Broncos Texans is is a playoff. Like it's not a playoff matchup, what but it's, it has playoff implications. What you mean? See, see, it's listen. not a. I mean. It's not a playoff game. I'm just saying it has playoff implications. No, no, no. It certainly does. And I'm just saying, like, we see everyone was thinking, like, ah, like when we let Russ cook, like we gotta let him cook in like a five star cuisine. He burns stuff. You know what I mean? We gotta let him. We gotta give him simple meals at first. Let him cook chicken and rice and see how he does. Oh, he was making Kraft mac and cheese last year, man. Exactly. Um, Not even. That's a disrespect to Kraft mac and cheese. Um, I think mac and cheese deserves to be disrespected. What? Well, all right. That's another conversation for another day. All right. So yeah, to finish yeah, the parlay, yeah, yeah. to finish the parlay, I got Miami Dolphins covering the the spread against the Washington Commanders. I don't believe in that franchise anymore. I'm sorry. I don't. I so the the, the spread is not in a half. The I I thought that no. When I say that, because I had them in my parlay last week, I had the the Commanders oh. money line against the Giants and they lost. I said, bro, you let Tommy DeVito, you you let Danny DeVito's nephew beat you. Like, bro, that's crazy. Um, and then I got Eagles covering the spread, and I got the Eagles covering the spread against um against the Forty ers of course. 
So, yeah. Um, I did also, and this won't be as applicable to everyone in this show, but I did also have Tony Pollard scoring a touchdown at any time. And then the Seahawks covering the spread against the 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 Cowboys. Um, Do you have a score on that right now? I don't. I know you're off the app. I'm not off the app. Yeah, it's a, it's a seven point. It's a uh, well, I just know. So for that's a seven leg parlay, and that parlay okay. would have is t- for ten dollars. You would have made a uh, thousand fifteen hundred. Yeah, I didn't calculate mine. I didn't. I didn't press any buttons. I just looked. At the lines, it's like okay, I, I like that. I like that. No, you good. Uh, in terms of I the did that though. In terms of the game, it's twenty-one twenty uh, Seahawks at halftime. Ooh! Congrats to all the over better. Hey, Johnny, what you got, my boy? Hey, man, listen, it's the, it's the same here. If you guys want to go where the money at, we already know that Greg is. About, Greg got us getting paid right here. With where the, the money reside? Where the money reside? You feel me? Yeah, bro. And we already know where else the money at. It's those touchdown predictions, right? You can just do a straight list of touchdown predictions. I like going big, and I like going based off of what I see. Sometimes stats don't matter, like Greg said. Sometimes you got to go by the eyes, man. Listen, dog. I got my first, my first touchdown prediction. I put Tyree Kill on your put, put Tyree Kill on your list against Washington. He's gonna fire that secondary. They always been sweet. Already Tyreek Kill. That's an easy. That's an easy. That's an easy check right there. Also, let's head down to the Lions uh, versus the Saints. Sam Laporta, that rookie tight end, has been getting open and Jeff and Jared Goff love his tight ends, bro. Especially in the end zone. Put down Sam Laporta for an anytime touchdown as well. Right along on that same ticket with Tyreek Hill. Let's head over to the Jets and the Falcons game. I know the Jets got that top defense and it's pretty stingy. Hard to score on him, but I'm really loving B. John Robinson. Leading the team in touchdowns. Been doing it all year. If the Falcons do score, it's going to be through B. John. Bro, come on now. Like you got to take B. John. I don't like that one. You don't like B. John down for that one? I don't oh, like I don't, I don't like B. John for that one. Nope. No, sir. You don't like that against the Jets? You got to no, put him down sir. for it. I'm telling you. He can, no, he can catch that. You're he can no, catch it. Or run it up in there. Bro, Why not? Or he got to get his B. one. I'm telling you. He scored his first touchdown in like week eight. They don't utilize that, man. I'm you telling see you. what they and did to Kyle Pitts? Over time. Put him on. Check the odds, dog. I'm telling you. Put him down for the odds. Remember when Remember when Kyle Pitts looked like he was going to be Boy, the second, the generational tight end? <laughs> Things can switch up fast. And, and, and in Atlanta is all I'm saying. Yeah, well, I ain't talking about career-wise, but, yeah, I'm feeling vision. I'm feeling, I'm feeling him. That's a risk, though. I like it, Greg. I like it, Greg. But, Greg, look, I like Zach Moss. I like Jack Moss for the Titans and the Colts. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Taylor might not even be playing. Mm. I like Jack Moss for a sticky touchdown. Yeah, Mike no, sure. might get in there. No, Anytime sure. touchdown score. Okay. Those sure. are my four, those those are my four legs. My biggest risk probably is Bijan because I'm telling you that I know the Jets got that stingy defense. I feel like Bijan is overdue. Yeah, and, telling, the Fal- and the Falcons got that stingy I'm offense. <laughs> Man, I don't need them to win. I ain't putting up for money lines. I'm trying to do I'm, I'm anytime touchdowns. Dude, who else, who else is scoring on it? I'm telling you. That's a trap game. I might watch, watch out for that trap game. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll slide my little four picks for y'all real quick. First of all, who you got, Jonah? For the Chargers and the Patriots, I'm taking an under in that game. 40 and a half points. The Patriots offense just isn't good. Point blank. I feel like the Chargers are going to carry most of the scoring in that game. They won't have to, they won't have to fill score sheet at all to win that game some they can win 27 to 3 27 to 6 24 to 10 
I mean, the weather up here is not going to be that great again, as I mentioned earlier. It's going to rain. I feel like this rain in here is going to be raining in New England, too. Maybe to a lesser extent, maybe a little more. But even on a cold, like, even on a bright, sunny, 45-degree day in November, December, it, it pitches offense in the toilet. I don't think the Chargers are going to score 35-plus points because they won't need to. Um, so I'm taking an under in that one. And, of course, if you want to take Chargers money line, you're more than welcome to because it's the Patriots. Eagles money line. Got to take it. Got to hammer that. And I like the spread, Greg. I like that. But I'm going to take the money line because it's, it's plus money. It's plus 135. More bread. I'm, I'm not betting against Jalen Hurts at home. Yeah. Are you Especially not in the fall. Deshaun Jackson retirement game. Come on. Call, 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 call. All the bulletin, all the bulletin board material from the 49ers, it just feels like Whoa. it's a lot. I think Bradbury about to put up his best game of the season. And guess what? I guess can't what? wait for I this matchup. I will gladly eat my crow if we lose. If the Eagles lose, I'll, I'll sit up here and eat the crow. But they're not. They're not. They're not. So Not my team. Sleep it there. Eagles winning line plus one thirty five. Make uh, yeah. Make no mistake. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. We have to. It, this is important because the winner or loser might possibly meet each other again later on in the playoffs, and that's home field yeah, advantage. So we need we need this tiebreaker. We need listen, to win this. Listen, I remember. I remember Tyree Kill talking to the Kansas City Chiefs when they was going to go to Germany, and he said he going to give everybody work. His stat line was six catches for forty six yards. Four fumble and a fumble. Talk, Yes, when you talk, people listen. And I need the Eagles to be listening to everything Debo said, George Kittle said, everything the defense said, Nick Bosa said. Yeah, say all that on Sunday. Like, it's not even just a player. It, it went up to, like, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan talking. Of course, their fan base just just wouldn't let it go. Right. The radio stations just, like, and you, oh, and you know, and you know, Nick, and you know, Nick, you know, our head coach, Nick. Yeah. You know, our head coach, Nick. Blocking him. It was the backup. Like, yeah. Y'all got, y'all got him hurt. Y'all didn't see yourselves. Like, and then same thing. Hassan Reddick unchecked. Hits Josh Johnson. Slams him down. It was a clean hit, but he fell in the back of his head. And he got concussed. It just happens. It's football. But nevertheless, man, Eagles money line. Hammering that. I took the under in the, in the uh, Chargers Patriots game. I'm going to take the over in this one. Chiefs, Packers, Sunday Night Football. Look, it's Pat Mahomes' first game at Lambeau. All the eyes are going to be on him and, you know, Travis and maybe even Taylor might pop up. I don't know where she at on her on her tour. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. But, you know, I feel like Jordan Love is going to take a little bit of that personally because, you know, the, the, the Packers, they kind of got something to play for still. Thanks to the Lions and being who they are on Thanksgiving. They're 5-6. and six. Packers are 5-6. and six. They're not dead yet. And it's a must-win game. I, I, I was there. Like they're I was... not going to win. Yeah. They're not going to win. But I feel like it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a bit of a shootout. You know, 27-21, 28-24 type of game. It's going to be a good one on Sunday night. I'm really just praying for a good Sunday night football game because we haven't got quite a lot of them this year. We we haven't gotten a lot. Even the ones like even the Eagles like that was a blowout in a, in a sense. So I think that I think game. that I think that I'll Jordan I think this is Jordan Love's get back game because if you recall Jordan Love's first career start was against the Chiefs 
either last season or two seasons ago. I can't remember. And he played up. Yep, and he played abysmal. So I think this is going to be. They had his mama all the way. His yep. Mom, his mom was all the way up in the last row, like listen, up in the nosebleeds. Like, listen, and Jesus. and and the GM. But he got that lady up there, man. And the GM Brian Budakunz had said, and I was not surprised that Jordan Love was going to start to play well. Because the GM, Brian Budikun, said that these last 10 games was going to decide what they were going to do at the quarterback position. And I knew... Hello? Yeah, yeah I hear you, bro. I hear yeah, you, bro. Uh, the last 10 games would decide what they were going to do at the quarterback position. So I knew Jordan Love was going to start to play better. And if Jordan Love beats Patrick Mahomes in Lambeau, yeah, you can book he's going to be back next season for sure. For sure. I feel like he solidified it another year for himself. I feel like just regardless of what happens tonight, no. I feel like, well, the Packers kind of don't have a choice right now, so you got to just keep developing the kid. But I feel like win or lose, it, it'll be – they they going to fill the stat sheet a little bit. I, I'm not saying like, you know, Kansas City versus the Rams a few years ago on Monday Night Football. Nothing crazy. Just this typical standard 28-24 Sunday Night Football game. Last but not least, I got the Buccaneers minus five against the Panthers. Yeah, give me that easily. Take that. I think they can win that game by ten. Easy work. Easy work. Panthers. We just discussed them. They're one in ten. Got to play for right. Now. That's a that's a trap game for me. See, I can't I can't do trap, trap game. game. I I I understand it's division. I understand it's division, but it's, it's like it's a division. They just lost their coach. So they going to have, they have a new voice they have a new voice uh as and their interim head coach leading the charge so they're going to be mo- be more more motivated and I think you're going to see a little bit more of an inspired effort a la how they can also ruin the bears you know tank a little bit exactly exactly yeah yeah don't mess with the team that gets a new coach ask the raiders exactly <laughs> exactly exactly that doesn't translate to every single team though but I do understand this. I do understand your point. Though. I think at this point you're you playing for your pride, Raiders. and you only have one win on the season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Talent. You know what I mean? And it's like and the and it's still playing for a division title, so it's like no, but also, but but you're also forgetting Baker Mayfield is their starting quarterback, and it's like when you have expectations for Baker is when he lets you down. Yeah, I know, but I was on a Baker train this year, and he's been he's no, been playing. You you were on the Baker train after the three and one start. Buccaneers are also at home too. You were on the Baker train after the that. three and one start. Oh that's come you, on! That, that's when you Is started he at thirty two hundred yet? Is he at thirty two hundred yet? I mean, we all knew that three and one start was fraudulent. We knew. Come on. But I'm saying, but like, we didn't have expectations for Baker coming into the season. We had expectations once they got off to the no. three and one start. It was just like this is like this is just a bridge year between Tom and who they want to <laughs> And once we knew it was just we knew it was a bridge year, but and what, I feel like for this particular Sunday they can beat the the Panthers by a touchdown. So you say? Not even a blowout. I think it's going to be at least a touchdown. It's going to be three points. Good call. All right, all right. Well, all right, that's why we bet. Picks. If you want to tail them, you can. If you want to make some money. You should. So, hey, yeah. that's, all I, that's all I got for you. That's all we have for you tonight. Just the three of us. We, we still went an hour and 20-plus minutes because that's just what we do in our Strict Zone podcast. Mm-hmm. We just talk. That's what we do. And we do it as good <laughs> as, if not better, than a lot of these podcasts out here. 
You don't know about us yet, but you will in the future. You will. You're going to know about us. This is 140. We're just getting started. This is just the beginning. Um, this is a great episode tonight. I'm John Wooden, joined by Just Johnny and Mr. Greg Domus. Look at with Grease! And uh, we on YouTube, so you know what to do. Like, share, subscribe, bell, comment. Bow! Better hit that bell, because that's, that's how you know we upload. That's how you know we here. That's how you know we in your city. That's how, you know we, that's how you know we here. You got to hit the bell to subscribe. How Gilly be doing it, and it's just buy. like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Y'all have a good one. Be safe. Be easy.